Hi, Sunshine. I'm Natasha, your host for the Shine Online podcast and the founder of Soul Studio. In this conversational podcast, I interview the brightest entrepreneurs I know with the goal of empowering you to do business in a way that feels real to you. These conversations will bring you no fluff advice, honest discussions, and actionable strategies to help you shine online. There are so many bright brands in the online world, but there's always room for one more. Let's shine together. Now, before we get into today's topic, I wanted to share my free resource with you. Tasha's Toolbox and Strategy Kit includes 30 tools for creative and strategic content on Instagram, including my best tips, strategies, practices, all for growing on Instagram. Download the freebie at soulstudiomarketing.com slash toolbox, or I've linked it in the show notes for you. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, I am so excited to have Megan here. She is the woman that has helped me get my money stuff together. Um, I came to you after having a very bad CPA bookkeeping experience, and you have just been an angel ever since. I'm so excited for everyone to get your knowledge and to meet you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. And um, I might get a little excited talking about this stuff because I'm a total numbers nerd, but I'm super excited to be here. That's so awesome that you really do love like the money and the number stuff, which I think is why it translates and all the value that you give to everyone because it's just so incredibly valuable. So if you want to kind of give everyone like a background on how you got to where you are, who you are, your mompreneur, you can kind of give us a little lowdown before we get into the good stuff. Sure. Yeah. So um, my name is Megan Nas, and I have been a CPA since 2008, but I've been in the accounting world since like 2006. So before I started my business, I worked in corporate accounting for at least 10 years. It, it kind of like started to lose track of time, but, and it was crazy. It was just like this grind in this tax season. And um, it really seemed like people would come in the door and out the door and there wasn't a lot of relationship building there. And after I had my oldest daughter, I decided that I did not want to go back to corporate accounting and I wanted to do something on my time um, and build something that was my own. And it's been a really fun journey. So in 2015, I started my business and I was doing primarily tax stuff, but doing some bookkeeping on the side. And since then, it's really evolved into, you know, I still do some tax work. I help clients with their bookkeeping, but I also help them in a coaching sense where I'm helping them like actually figure out what's happening with their money. One of the biggest disconnects that I see business owners have is they can be doing all the, you know, quote unquote, right things with their money. They can have a bookkeeper, they can have a CPA doing their taxes, but they still don't know what's happening with their money. And they still like have this anxiety around it. And that's like the hole that I'm trying to fill is I want people to understand how powerful it can be when they understand what's happening with their money. And that it's not as hard as you might think it might be like just creating some systems and processes around your money simplifies it takes the anxiety and stress out of your feelings with money and then at the end of the day you feel really empowered and i think that translates over to like how you're running your business and how you're putting yourself out there so 
Yeah, I completely agree. I had, I came to you and I was just like an anxious mess around money and finances. And it was quite honestly, like the biggest fear I had going into business. And so I really love that, you know, you really focus on just that empowering aspect, because I think a lot of people can feel kind of like guilty and ashamed and embarrassed about whatever financial state they might be in or that maybe they haven't done their, you know, taxes right, or they haven't been doing their books or all these different things. But it's really like, once you figure it out, it's actually really fun. Um, It's just like having people like you to really facilitate that learning experience, which I just think is so amazing. Um, You know, I think like a disclaimer, which I know you mentioned when we worked together at first is that like, even if you see people and you think they have it together, like, and not everyone has their finances together. So don't worry about comparing yourself or worrying about if you're on the right track, like everyone's in their own journey. And like, you know, that's not the most sexy, glamorous thing you'll see on Instagram. So people aren't always talking about it. But I thought I would love for you to kind of start out whether it's like for new business owners, or even for established business owners that are like, I really do not have my finances together for my business. Like, What are some of the main things that people need to kind of just get in order and get set and ready? Yeah, that's a really good starting point. Um, And just to piggyback on that, like everyone thinks everyone else has it together when it comes to their money. But when you think about it, like no one taught us what to do with our money. So wherever you are in your journey, that's okay. Like taking the next steps are what is going to be, it's what is going to be important. And so like, just give yourself a little bit of like grace if you're feeling stressed out about money. And um, so one of the most important things that I think every single business owner needs to have in place, whether you've been in business for a while, whether you're just starting out, is a completely separate bank account for your business activity. And it doesn't matter if you are operating as a sole proprietor, if you're an LLC and you're the only owner of your business, like you still, no matter what, need to have your business account separate from your personal And there's a few different reasons for that. And I'll just touch upon those really quickly. One is it absolutely makes the bookkeeping so much easier when you're not having to sort through your personal account and wonder if that expense to target was office supplies or like clothing, it's going to be so much easier bookkeeping wise to know exactly like what has been going in and out of your account. It's also going to be a lot easier for you to look at your account and know can I afford to pay my business bills because I have this much in my business account? Can I afford to pay my personal bills because I have this much in my account? And you're not commingling your funds. The second really important reason, and I'm not an attorney, so I'm going to throw this out there before that, but this is just something that you need to keep in mind is especially if you're organized as like an LLC or an S corporation or something, you've gone through those really important steps to separate your business assets from your personal assets, that liability protection. And if you're co-mingling your money where your personal money is going in and out of your business account, you're kind of piercing that veil yourself and you could be opening yourself up to some like liability if something happened down the road. So if you've been doing it and everything's been kind of co-mingled, like this is the perfect time to start. It's the beginning of the year. Don't worry about what happened in the past. You can't change it. And just be like, okay, going forward, I'm going to be really diligent about trying to keep everything as separate as possible. So that's a really big one that I always, always, and then, and you know what, like there are people that I've been working with for years who are still struggling with this or didn't have it in place for a long time. So don't feel bad if you, <laughs> if you haven't been doing it, but, and the same with the credit card. So if you have a credit card that you're using for your business, 
try to get a business credit card. And if you can't get a business credit card because you're just starting out, sometimes it's difficult to get a business one. Designate a personal credit card and use it only for business purposes. Mm-hmm. I mean, in a perfect world, you'd have a business credit card, a business bank account. In an imperfect world, have a business bank account and then at least like a one credit card that you're only using for business expenses. Mm, yeah, that's really good. And that's the one thing that I waited on. But once I did it, I was like, this makes things so, so much easier. Just having things separate mentally, it makes like paying yourself so much easier and all of those different components. So I completely agree. One thing is I know you tucked on sole proprietorships and LLCs. Do you want to kind of give us like a brief for people if maybe they're deciding on which to be finan- like from a financial point of view, which might be best? I know it's hard to advise, of course, on every situation but since we touched on it. So that's a really good question. Sole proprietorships are the easiest to start. It's basically you saying, I want to go into business for myself. There's no separation of your assets and your business assets. So even though it's the simplest to start, there's a lot of you know, risk liability wise. Um, And that's why it is advisable to like at least set up an LLC if possible. And LLC is kind of the next step up. And some states are expensive to set LLCs up and some states are not. So that's what you have to really research before you do that. California, for example, is like $800 annual tax every year, regardless of like whether you have made money or not. Wow. And so it can definitely be really expensive. Montana, where I am, it's like 70 bucks and then an annual fee of $15. So it's not very expensive. Definitely get it set up. So before you like jump into the LLC pool, make sure that you research how much it's going to cost in your state. And then a lot of people will also ask like, well, what if I'm in, like I live in California, but what if I set up a Montana LLC because it's less expensive? You still have to pay tax on the state where you live. So it that's not really a way to work around it, unfortunately. So the LLC adds a little bit of the liability protection. Again, I'm not an attorney, so I can't go into all of that. But tax-wise, you're pretty much taxed exactly the same as if you were taxed as a sole proprietor. So there's not a lot of tax benefit to just doing an LLC. It gives you, you know, it separates your assets and all of that. But the tax difference is you really you file the same exact form. You're taxed exactly the same way. The next step up would be an S corporation. And with an S corporation, it's again, its own separate legal entity, but you are considered an actual employee of your business. So you pay yourself a wage of, you know, like through a W-2 paycheck, you get a W-2 at the end of the year, you're treated just like if you went and worked for someone else. The cool thing about being an LLC though, is you can elect to be taxed as an S corporation. So you can start your business as an LLC then down the road to say, you know what, I think it's time for me to be taxed as an S corporation. You don't have to change your business name or the business structure, but then you can like switch over to be taxed as an S corporation, which is a place where you can save taxes. The question that is common is like, well, why don't I just do that right from the get go? Well, if you're an S corporation, you have to file a completely separate tax return. You have to do payroll. So there are extra costs associated with that. So you have to be making enough money in order to justify those extra expenses and like, where are the savings going to come in? And the extra money, you have like all of your revenue that you've earned and deposited through the year, minus all of your expenses. Don't include what you've paid yourself, right? So just income minus business expenses. And if that numbers, it depends on like, again, what state you're in. But when that number is around 40,000, that's when I start looking at it and being like, okay, this might be something beneficial. Um, there's somebody else that I've followed who lives in California, who says that that number is 
he thinks it's like when your net income is around 60,000. So it really just depends on who you're talking to. But like, if you're making less than that, then the extra cost with like filing an extra tax return and running the payroll and stuff like that might not outweigh the benefits. That was a really good breakdown of all of that. Um, I think it's really hard. You like go on Facebooks and you're looking for advice on things, but it's definitely just like do your research because depending on where you are, how much you're making, it really depends. But um, I think that was a really great breakdown. So thank you for you know simplifying the the words with that, which is really helpful for some of us. And I think the biggest thing I see, and maybe it's something you also probably see in like Facebook groups, is people struggling like, how do I pay myself? Like, what does that even look like? What does that even mean? And that was probably the biggest thing you helped me with. Because I literally had like one account and I was just like, that was it. Like I was paying everything out of the one account. I was not even really paying myself because it was just all in that one account, but separating it now where like I do pay myself and I set aside for taxes and everything. Can you kind of walk everyone through that process? Yeah. So one of my favorite things that I started doing in my business back in like 2018, and I've helped a lot of people with is creating a system to, and it's based on the profit first system, but to actually like make your money more tangible. So when you see like when you have one account and all of your money's in there, you can look at it, but you're not sure how much you need to, how much is for taxes, how much you can pay yourself, how much. So it almost becomes like, why well, I, I can't spend anything because I don't want to like get myself into trouble. And so one of the things that I advise, I mean, you can set up as many accounts as you want, but like absolutely having a tax, like setting up a separate business savings account for taxes, because you, you need to be saving for taxes. You do not want to get behind with the IRS or the state because <laughs> it's really hard hole to dig out of. And then the other one that I really um, advise is an owner's pay account so that every time that you get paid and I, when I work with clients, I have them do this on a weekly basis, just because I feel like those, you know, it's, it's good to build habits and like that repetitiveness of doing it weekly. For example, a process is look at the deposits that came in since the last time you did this. And then before you pay any other expenses, transfer a flat percentage of what you, what was deposited into your account, into your tax savings account. This takes all of the math out of it. It's like mine is like 10% times however much was deposited and, and then you're done. You can set this up in an Excel spreadsheet so you don't even have to think about it. The other one that I definitely have people transfer money to is this owner's pay account. As business owners, when we're building our business, especially from the ground up, you're like, I can't afford to pay myself. Every, everything has to get put back into my business. And I agree with you in one sense, but like, if you're not paying yourself, you're not going to be able to live and sustain the business that you're building. You have to get in the habit of paying yourself. Even if you're just starting out, do something. And so I tra- you know, you transfer a flat a percentage of your income into this owner's pay account. And then the second step of this, which I think is like really transformed a lot of businesses, is instead of taking all of the money in that owner's pay account and transferring it to your personal and spending it figure out how much you need from your business and create a set dollar amount that you transfer from your owner's pay savings account to your personal checking on a consistent basis. So when you get paid from your business, instead of keeping all of the money in your business account and then taking it when you need it, like, oh, I need gas. So I'm going to take 20 bucks. I need groceries. I'm going to take 50. Set a flat dollar amount that you're transferring from your business account to your personal account as a salary. So you don't have to be set up and be getting paid 
like an employee, like as if you were working with someone else, but you still have this consistent dollar amount on a known date. So like, you know, every 10th and 25th, you're getting paid. That takes a lot of stress out of your personal life too, because you're like, I know that my rent is due here, my mortgage is due here, and I'm going to have this money coming in. Everybody's percentage is different because everyone's business is at different stages, but you have to figure out how much money your business actually needs to cover expenses. And then anything else is what you can you know, allocate to tax savings, paying yourself, and just even a long-term like saving slush fund. And if you don't have enough money, if you're like, I just don't have enough money to pay myself, then you really need to look at your expenses and all of the outflows that are going out of your business and see if they're actually helping you reach that long-term goal of having your business be able to support you and your lifestyle. Mm, Definitely. I think budgeting is so important. I think it sounds scary and it sounds restricting, but it Mm -hmm. all comes down to just like getting really intimate with your expenses and what that looks like for you. Cause it looks different for everyone. Like even when me and Marlon recently moved, we sat down, we both looked at like, what are our bills that we pay? What is our rent? How much do we want to spend on food each week? You know, what do we want to have to be our fun money? And what do we want to reasonably save for travel each year? And we want to save a small amount to eventually buy a home and just like really mapping that all out on paper or pen or Google doc or whatever works. It's like, when you look at it, you're like, wow, it's actually not that scary. It actually looks so much better when you realistically can look at everything. And that's where you'll find those subscriptions where you're like, maybe I don't need to be subscribed to that. Or maybe I actually need to cut down on this. And you can kind of really be realistic on what your budget is. That was like the biggest change for me because I was in that habit of, transferring money and like just figuring out whenever I needed money, if I had it in my account for my business at the early stages, but kind of setting out a budget and like actual saving goals, I feel like a really, really helpful. Like even when I started opening my business account, maybe this can be a tip for people that are kind of, you know, maybe a little intimidated and these tips are really helping, but they're kind of unsure to start is like separate your personal and business, you know, checking account, get a tax savings account, and then just open like one personal savings account. So you can start to reach those goals and then just kind of add from there as they get more specific. So I think it's like really nice to have different saving goals for different, you know, different savings accounts for different saving goals. I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but that's really helped me with like saving and really being realistic about my budget. I love that. That's something that like save with intention. So don't just stick money into your savings account because that's something that you feel you should be doing because it's way too easy to take that money from savings and spend it on something else. But if you're like, I'm going to transfer this money into my travel savings account. Then when you take money out of that, you can see, oh, I'm taking money away from something that I want to accomplish or something that I want to use that for. So if you save with intention, that's going to make it a lot easier for you to stick with a budget. And I love that you brought up that in your budget, you're including things like travel. You're including things like saving for a home because budgeting isn't supposed to be restrictive. Like I'm never going to tell anyone what you can and cannot spend your money on, that's up to you. Like, what do you want to do with your money? And if you can think about budgeting in a proactive way, as far as like, I'm going to tell my money where I want it to go and what I want it to do before it gets spent. That's what budgeting is. That's empowering rather than being reactive and looking at your bank account being like, where did all my money go? 
Yeah. That's when you feel out of control and have that anxiety. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think like look into the features that your bank accounts have, like where you can set up automatic transfers to your savings, automatic transfers to pay yourself. Like if you know you're having a fixed amount each month or at least like a minimum amount, like just set those things up so you can, I mean, we talk about automating in business all the time, but like automate it when it comes to your money, It, it works essentially the same way. So I'm really glad that we kind of touched on that because that was like one of the biggest game changers for me. When it comes to budgeting as business owners, do you have any specific tips? Because I know it's always hard. Like people always say, you know, and you have to invest this much money to make this much money. Or, you know, I've even came from the tree and I thought I've never invested a ton in coaches or really big programs, but I used to be super minimal. I'm like, I will only have the subscriptions I absolutely need. But then I eventually got to the point where I'm like, okay, to scale and grow, my expenses do need to increase as I grow my team, as I get more resources to really help me facilitate that. So can you kind of cover some budgeting tips for entrepreneurs? Yeah, um, that that's a good, I mean, that's so great because it is, it's like, if you hold on to money with like scarcity, you know, like I can't, I don't want to spend anything, then it, you, you do restrict yourself in the ability to grow. And, you know, you could, there are like a lot of free tools out there that you can work around, but like how much of your time are you spending doing that? So you kind of have to, you have to find this balance and one of the things that I like to do is just get really specific. Like, where do you see your business right now? Like, where are you right now? Where do you want to be in three months, six months, a year? What do you need to accomplish that? Like, if I want to be, if I want to scale to have, you know, somebody like a virtual assistant working for me in a year, what do you need to do with your money in order to do that? So I think like just getting really specific with your goals and your, and your long-term goals. I mean, even you could go up five years and stuff, but not just like, I have $2,000 in my bank account. What am I doing with this 2000? But like, you also need to like look farther into the future so that you can know I need to start planning for some of these bigger expenses. And if it's really scary to you to think like, I want to hire someone, but I don't know if I can afford it. Start spending that money now by setting it into a savings account and try operating your business as if you were spending that with, you know, before you actually make that big commitment. Mm, I love that too. Yeah. Cause then it's like, you have the money if it's like, okay, this is not the right time, you know, like do a, a test run of a couple of months and then you have a little bit of a slush fund bu- built up, which is really cool. Another budgeting tip that people will be doing really well with their money. They'll have a lot, they'll have enough in their bank account. All of a sudden, all of a sudden an annual subscription will hit like your Dubsado subscription comes due and it's like $300 and you're like, Oh, I wasn't expecting that. Or you have to like do your business insurance. Cause it's something that happens once a year and then you and you forget about it. So what I like to do is put a reminder like in my calendar like 90 60 or 90 days ahead of time. Um you know and just be like hey just so you know this is going to come due pretty soon and then and then you can start planning for it a little bit and building it in so that you're earmarking your money so that when you do have to pay that $300 subscription you already have the money sitting there and you're not you know it's not already spoken for and then you're kind of scrambling. Yeah, that's a really good tip. I really found at the beginning, like I would use like five different tools for my onboarding process because they were all free. And I'm like, but they're all free and they all work great. But the time I spent hopping from tool to tool, trying to figure things out, 
to now spending it on Dubsado now that it's in a place where I can afford it and I can see the value in it. Those are the types of things that you really want to focus on investing on is like making sure that you're investing in people or events or conferences or workshops or tools that you can actually see that end result and how it helps propel you forward. Because, you know, a certain subscription might sound nice. Uh, you know, a high, you know, expense coach might sound great, but are they literally going to get you from point A to point B? Um, It's really important when looking at your investments. And I love the tip about saving. Even when I was in a place where I had lower expenses, I was like saving a lot more, pretending I was kind of like paying rent essentially, because it's a really great way for you to kind of see like, is this actually feasible? And great, I'm saving. So I can use that when I do make that transition, I do make that next step. So I thought that was a really great tip. Let's talk about tools because I think when it comes to money, that tools can really help facilitate that process. So when it comes to like bookkeeping or just budgeting or managing your finances, what are some tools that you really love to use? I love tools. <laughs> so me too. <laughs> I have, I've come. I've worked with a lot of people, or I've seen a lot of people like in Facebook posts. People will ask what accounting software you use, and some people will be like, "Oh, I just do it by Excel." and it's free, right? We just talked about this, like Excel is free, but how much time does it take you to type your numbers into Excel? How much time does it take you to make sure the numbers are correct? All of that stuff takes so much time that I love accounting software. And there are a lot of really good ones out there. And it's just whatever you're used to. I, um, I use QuickBooks online, but that's because I've been using it for years. I love it. I know that you use Wave and Wave is a free ver- like a free software. So it's free guys. And the cool thing about these accounting softwares is you can link your bank and credit cards up to the accounting software. It pulls the transactions in and then you tell the transactions what they're what they are and then you're done. And so it takes the guesswork out of it. And just like any software that you're learning, like Dubsado, we mentioned that one, like you have to learn how to use it. So even though it's an accounting software and you're like, oh, money, I don't want to deal with it. They have so many free tutorials, so many free trainings out there that if you invest some time now to learn it, it's going to save you so much time in the future. Somebody that I follow on Instagram posted something that said like, you're working 40 plus hours a week to make money. Why aren't you taking like 15 minutes to learn how to manage it correctly? And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so true. The accounting softwares that I mentioned are really robust. Like you can attach your receipts to your expenses. So you're doing your record keeping at the same time. You can track your mileage. If you're dri- if you have a business where you're driving to, diff- you know, for business reasons, you can track your mileage. Like all of this stuff saves you time. And the ability to pull up your profit and loss report whenever you want and have it be up to date is so huge rather than having to be like, okay, I have to spend two hours typing all of this stuff into Excel and then trying to format it. Like you just spent five hours where if you're using accounting software, you can do it in 20 minutes. Yeah. It's, it's such a game changer. It really is. And even though I use Wave for free, like it's really just like finding what works best for you. I think QuickBooks is definitely, if you're looking to start with one, I think that's probably the easiest to use and the best. It's just like a staple. I really like Wave. Um, that's just like personally what I use. But yeah, same thing where I can take pictures of my receipts and I can do reoccurring invoices. Like everything is in one place. And that is just like invaluable when it comes to things. Also, um, when it comes to tracking your miles, I know at first I thought, 
I don't even drive anywhere for business. But then I realized, oh, I'm going to networking events and oh, I'm going to meetings and oh, I go to photo shoots and I go to co-working. Like that's all stuff you need to be tracking. I really like Mile IQ because it does track it automatically for you like when you're driving but I also really like it because you can like calculate it within it so you can put in your there and you know the dates and everything if you forget anything which is really nice and then mint is a really awesome budgeting app you can like put in all your accounts different like budgets for each different sector and category in your life so if you're looking to budget mint is really great because you can kind of visualize everything um and i think mint is actually related to quickbooks aren't they like kind of owned by the same people yeah i think they are i i haven't used mint very often what i'm using for budgeting right now is ynab it's called you need a budget oh, and okay. it's um, i think it's very similar the thing that i love about the budgeting softwares is it basically takes like, so if you imagine you have 10 different envelopes that you're going to put your cash money into, nobody has cash money that they put yeah. envelopes in, but some people, some people do like, I, yeah. like I carry no cash, but it, it basically takes this envelope system where you're putting money in these envelopes and puts it into something similar to Excel, but they link with your bank accounts. You know, again, they link. So you're not doing a lot of manual entry. Yeah. And then you can say in this food envelope, like I only want to spend $50. And then it will, every time you go out to eat, you say, Oh, this was food. This was food. This was food. And you can see how much you budgeted, how much you've spent and how much you either have left or have gone over. So it's, I love the budgeting softwares. And like, once you wrap your head around it that way, where it's like, Oh, these are just virtual envelopes and you can create as many as you want. So you don't have to have a ton of bank accounts. Like you can use YNAB or something like Mint if you're like, I want to go to this course in November, I want to go do that this year and like create an, a virtual envelope for that and start earmarking your money. You know, you don't have to, but like for some of those like recurring ones, like travel, like travel is really important, create a separate bank account. Cause you know, you're always going to be using it, but yeah. So those like softwares are going to save a ton of time. Now they have so many tutorials and stuff out there that there's not really any reason to not do it. Definitely. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like pen and paper, Excel sheet, like trying to figure out all on your own, like really help with the tools you use really helps facilitate it. So it's kind of like fun. Like I love tracking my miles each month. I'm like, Oh, look, I was driving here, driving there. Like, I feel like you're like getting bonus cash in this weird way. So I think like once you find the tools that work for you, it really is fun. One thing we want to touch on, and I think this is coming out literally right before tax season is tax season. I said it, Yay. everyone's you're shivering in their boots. You're like, yay. <laughs> so what can we do to avoid the tax heebie-jeebies? What can people do to prepare so tax season is really fun, easy, and seamless? So just everything that we've talked about, like if you're starting fresh in 2020 and you're like, okay, I'm going to have my stuff together this year, get all your stuff into an accounting software so that in January you can pull up your financial statements all the way through December and, and they're done and they're accurate, right? I literally was working on my tax return last weekend because I'm that I was like, Ooh, what does this look like? Cause I get, <laughs> I get excited about it, but yeah. I don't have to do any extra bookkeeping because I'm doing my bookkeeping on a frequent basis, which I really want to touch upon in a, in a little bit. Yeah. Keep your receipts in an organized spot. So some people will like, if you get paper receipts, you can take pictures of them, upload them to your software, um, or some people will just like, you know, you can scan all of your receipts into like one PDF. Like I use cam scanner an app called cam scanner, scan them into one PDF, you know, for each month, 
put them on your computer. So you know, you have all of your receipts do like a virtual like file system. Um, you, you know, if you get emails that have receipts, either throw them in a receipts folder, or print them to PDF, put them in your receipts folder that you have on your computer. So doing your bookkeeping, as you go throughout the year is going to save you so much stress, because you're not going to have to spend hours trying to figure it out at the end of the year. Plus, if you're on top of your bookkeeping during the year, you have a good pulse on what's actually happening with your business. And you're not running your business based on feeling, which is one. Having a tax savings account set up now, and you know that you're putting money in throughout the year and saving for taxes just takes this huge weight off your shoulders. And if you're in a business and you're making more than like $400 a year in profit, like you need to be sending in estimated tax payments on a quarterly basis. That doesn't necessarily mean everything you're saving in your tax savings account has to go to the IRS. You have to have a minimum amount going in each quarter and whoever helps you with your taxes can help you figure that out. But going into tax season, knowing that like, okay, I have enough money in my account. So if I owe money, I'm covered. All my bookkeeping is done. Like there's no stress like (laughs) when it comes to taxes. I think what people do is they don't know what to do. So they don't do it and they put it off and it just keeps getting put off and put off and put off. And then all of a sudden it's spring and you have to file your taxes. So then you're doing a year's worth of work in a very condensed time. And then, I mean, the thought of the IRS like breathing down your neck is super scary. So it just adds a whole nother like element to it. So if you can spread it out, stay on top of your money stuff on a very frequent basis, that's going to help you a lot. So one thing that I really advocate with my clients and people that I work with is like, come up with a money process that works for you. I can tell you what to do, but if I tell you what to do and you don't do it, that's obviously not working for you, but figure out something that works for you. And, you know, so like, what are you doing each time you do your money stuff? So we talked about like how we allocate money to different accounts. That's part of my money stuff. And I do everything in the same order. And I have my clients do it on a weekly basis, just because that repetition is so important. And if you're doing something on a weekly basis, you're going to get really good at it really fast. So it might take you an hour the first time, but it might take you a half an hour in a couple of months. And so when you sit down to do your money stuff, like start a checklist so that every time you sit down, you know exactly where to start, exactly what to do. And then you know, like, okay, I got everything covered. Like I transferred money to my savings account. I transferred money to my owner's pay account. I paid myself. I paid the bills that are upcoming. I looked at the money I have in my bank account and looked to see, am I going to be able to cover all my expenses that are upcoming or not? Like my credit card, I made my credit card payment. You know, do the same things in the same steps. And then it's a repeatable system. And you're, you're, you know, you're automating basically your money stuff by doing that. So that's going to help you just be really consistent and like set, do it on the same day every single week. I have a client I work with. He does it every Sunday night. You know, don't be like, oh, I'm going to do it Monday and then put it off till Tuesday and then put it off till next week and, and stuff like that. It'll just become routine and that's what makes it fun. And like once you nail it down, you're like, wow, I'm doing this. Like I'm handling my money. I'm handing my, like it makes you feel like a CEO, which is essentially what we are. Um, So I love how you break it down into a process because I think like we talk about all these different elements. It's it's like, how do you do all these things? But it's like once you literally break it down, like I use the app things, for example, and I have a reoccurring thing, you know, every week where it's like, you know, make sure you do your money 
miles, you know, allocate all your money, save for taxes, you know, double check your expenses, make sure you paid your team. Like it's just like a quick checklist. And it's really that easy when you break it down that way. But when you kind of like are storing it in your mind, you're like, I have to do this money thing every once in a while. I think that's what makes it really intimidating. So I love that you break it down into a process. And then ending off any bookkeeping tips for anyone that's DIYing it or considering outsourcing it? I get just be consistent, ask questions. If you, if you have questions, something that I I think a lot of people will get hung up on that I've seen is you don't know where to classify things. So you don't do it. And you're like, Oh, I'll just wait till later. So, you know, like people will have software subscriptions and then, you know, just different expenses. And it's like, I don't know where to classify these. And my advice there is like classify them somewhere and classify them consistently. So if all of your software subscriptions are going to a dues and subscriptions account, put them all in there. You might call it software subscriptions, put them all in there, like be consistent with where you're putting your expenses. At the end of the day, for tax purposes, it doesn't matter if it's called dues and subscriptions or software subscriptions. It doesn't really matter. The only thing that's super important to break out and track separately are your meals. Like when you go and meet with clients or if you're traveling, you get to deduct those meals on your tax return at 50%. So you type in, you know, you, the whole amount gets deducted and then the IRS haircuts it. If you go to a coffee shop and you're working and you spend money on coffee, that is not deductible because you're not meeting with anyone, even if you're working on your business. So keep track of that separately from like the, the regular meals. But anything else, I mean, think of a category that you can put it in and then be consistent with it and don't overthink that process. And don't worry about getting like super detailed. So you can have like office expenses. You don't have to have paper. You don't have to have, you know, pencils or printer ink. You don't have to have an account for all of those. Just put it in a thing and just be consistent with it because then it's going to be meaningful to you when you review your financials. If things are in random accounts all over the place, you're not really going to get an idea of how much you're spending for each thing. If you're looking at hiring a bookkeeper, I would say just do your research and make sure that they're okay working in an like a cloud-based system, especially if you're hiring a bookkeeper that is not in the same area as you are. I mean, there are bookkeepers out there who don't like QuickBooks Online, only want to work in QuickBooks Desktop. And it's like, that's great, but that's not going to work for me. And I guess the other thing is don't be afraid to ask questions. And if you're working with someone who makes you feel silly for asking the questions that you're asking, or you feel intimidated, like you don't have to work with them. Find someone who will lift you up, who will educate you and who you'll feel comfortable working with in a partnership, because that's really who your bookkeeper should be is somebody that like you're working alongside them, like so that, you know, they can help you. And it's not someone saying you did this wrong and you did this wrong. You know, you don't want to ever want to feel bad about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about just feeling good about your money, which I feel like you shared so many really great tips on how people can go into the new year and whether they're established in business or they're new in business, they can feel really empowered to really manage their money in a very successful way. And that it doesn't have to be scary and anxiety ridden because I have been there, but you've definitely helped me transform that. So I'm so appreciative to be with you with that. So where can people connect with you and learn more from you if they're wanting to learn more? Probably the best place would be would um, be inside my Facebook community. I have a Facebook community called Understand Your Money with Confidence for Entrepreneurs. And I'm live in there weekly talking about money stuff. I just want it to be a place where people can come and 
feel empowered and get excited about money. I mean, you have exuded that in this podcast today. Like you're, I love your energy. You're like, I'm excited about money. And I was like, we should be excited about money. We're doing awesome things. So <laughs> that would be the best place probably. Yeah. You do so many awesome trainings in there. So definitely go and hop over onto her Facebook group because you're doing some amazing things. And yes, like it's so crazy to think about when I first met you, I just remember like I was out on a walk for my coworking and I was on the phone with you and I was just like, I'm just so anxious about my money. Like whatever we we have to do, like I'm ready to do it, but it was just so worth it. Like our strategy session together was just like invaluable. And I'm so thankful for all the knowledge you're able to share with everyone else. Well, thank you. Well, it was, it was really fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me and I'll chat with you soon. Hopefully. Thank you so much to today's expert guest for joining us today. And to my listeners, I hope you found this episode helpful and insightful for building your online brand. If you want to connect with today's guest and check out any of the important links mentioned in the show, I've linked all the details in today's show notes. Also, please send us a message and say hi if you've listened and you have any thoughts or ideas you want to share. We are all ears and we are all open in the DMs on Instagram. If you love this episode, be sure to share it with us on Instagram by tagging at Soul Studio Marketing and join in on the conversation at hashtag the Shine Online Podcast. Share this episode with a friend that needs to hear those mic drop moments and be sure to subscribe so you know when the next episode is live and ready to flow through your earbuds. If you loved what you heard today, I'd so appreciate it if you left us a review. It really supports us and it helps new people join the Sunshine family. Remember, regardless of where you're at in your entrepreneurship journey, there's always room for your biz to shine. I'll see you next time.